Okay, let's begin with some numbers. Africa has the world's youngest and fastest growing population. It is estimated that a staggering 60% of Africans are under 25 years old. In other words, Africa is young and getting younger. Meanwhile, much of the rest of the world is going the other way. Singapore's citizen population has declined for the first time on record. China's population has declined for the first time in more than 60 years. South Korea's population continues to shrink. 2022 saw the biggest decline on record, and according to some estimates, Japan's population could be cut in half by the end of the century. Because of, of just generally uh, low birth rates almost worldwide, we're currently headed towards a population decline. In fact, this development is so pronounced that by 2030, young Africans will make up 42% of all global youth, meaning that in a few short years, almost half of the world's youth will be African. The future is African. But who are all these young Africans and what kind of future are they, we, all going to live in? Well, here's another number. 60% of young adults between the ages of 15 and 17 are not currently enrolled in school and are facing a future where consistent, formal employment looks unlikely. Numbers don't really lie, but they also don't tell us the full story. Because behind these massive numbers are actual young people. People with hopes and dreams and futures they will go on to build as best as they can, regardless of what the stats might say. People like Leona Muchenje. My dream is to be on the continent and to do meaningful work. I mean, we have a lot of problems in Africa, so I thought be a part of uh, the young people that are trying to make a difference. Leona is one of the people who have been reporting for this show. And soon, you'll meet some of the others. But first, I'm going to tell you what Leona is as well. She is a hustler. Um, I think after some time, one or two things take off. So I've experimented with a lot of things. Some of them have paid off and I recently bought my own apartment. So that's something I'm excited about. With side hustles ranging from an e-commerce business selling customized African goods to buying and selling goods from Alibaba to a digital marketing agency and an ongoing platform as an online influencer. Leona's CV is impressive but it is undoubtedly also the CV of someone who has taken the future into her own hands. A true hustler. The kind of person that is uniquely positioned to understand what the future holds for young Africans. Because most of them are going to have to hustle. In fact, they already do. In this series, we explore the African hustle from the perspective of the youth. We look at the forces that push the continent's young people towards a life of hustling. Their stories, their lives, their hustle. I am Severo Mbisi from South Africa. Anita Owiti, Kenya. Teresa Ayeriga from Ghana. I am Zimingo Napagade Sikeno from South Africa. Emmanuel Ampuma from Ghana. James Tayari from Malawi. Hi there. This is Ibrahim Bahate from Uganda. These are the reporters behind this show. They are all, in their own way, hustling the African dream. 
Currently, the thing they have in common besides this is that they are a part of a fellowship by the Human Sciences Research Council in South Africa. The program is funded by the MasterCard Foundation and it aims to invest into Africa's next generation of leaders by using education as the catalyst for social and economic change. That is a lot! Especially because the fellows have another thing in common too. They are all from economically disadvantaged backgrounds and determined to make positive change by giving back to their communities and their continent. All this sounds good at a banquet and in an annual report, but to achieve these goals requires all of the above and a whole lot of hustle. Take Leona as an example. When she was just 17, she left a small village in Zimbabwe and boarded a flight to the United Kingdom where she was given the opportunity to study abroad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to London Heathrow Terminal 5. She completed her IB diploma and her next stop was the United States. At the University of California, Berkeley, she completed her undergraduate degree. And finally, she was accepted into the MasterCard Foundation Scholars Program and completed her master's studies in business management in Arizona. Currently, she conducts research at the Human Sciences Research Council, or HSRC for short, in Cape Town. For this episode, Leona has gone back to Zimbabwe to meet some of her peers, young entrepreneurs, hustlers, if you will. Everybody can define it in their own way, but I feel like um, there are certain things that are universal. We all aspire to have a good life. We all aspire to have all our needs taken care of, not worrying about what you're going to eat tomorrow. Am I going to have any savings? Am I going to afford sending my kids to school? I mean, there's a level of comfort that everybody aspires to have. And then, so I feel like just having a better life is uh a dream that almost every African can aspire to. A universal dream, African or otherwise, is a good life. Where basic human rights like the provision of food and access to education are a given. But in Africa, attaining this dream comes with its own set of challenges. At present, Zimbabwe faces rampant poverty and unemployment. Zimbabwe's economy has experienced one financial crisis after another. Deindustrialization and the collapse of commercial agriculture. The economic crisis forced many companies to downsize or completely shut down over the past decade. Hundreds of thousands of people were laid off, and most of them have never been able to find formal employment since then. It is estimated that 80 to 90% of Zimbabweans form part of the informal economy. The informal economy has been an important source of resilience. Whether out of passion and ambition or pure necessity, this sector accounts for 40% of Zimbabwe's gross domestic product or GDP. Ordinary people have taken the hustle to new heights as they have tried to secure their future and their families' futures. The term side hustle has taken over social media countless links to website advertising the easiest side hustle that pays the most. 
Side hustles refer to work that is performed in addition to formal employment to help individuals earn an extra income to meet all their needs. Entrepreneurship was more of survival because I'm in a country where things are difficult, you know. And um, when you go through a lot, you begin to open your mind and begin to look for different ways to, 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 to solve problems. This is Tendai. He only goes by his first name. And he is one of the lucky ones. He actually has a formal job despite Zimbabwe's complicated economy but it doesn't meet all his financial needs. So basically what I've done is selling phones, uh, selling gadgets, other gadgets like, you know, your, your routers, your switches, uh, as well as clothes. And the biggest that project that I did was farming, which I'm currently working on as well. Uh, I did onions. Um, I did onions and I did cucumbers and pepper. Onions was a success. However, because of the exchange rates, you know, a lot of um, um, the companies that we sell to, like, for example, your food shops, they then start to ask to pay in RTGs. The worst case of inflation in Zimbabwe occurred in 2008, leading to the abandonment of Zimbabwean currency. Since then, Zimbabwe has adopted the U.S. dollar, but also attempted to reintroduce a local currency in the form of RTGS dollars. Spelled out, the currency Tendai talks about is called real-time gross settlement. There has been a lot of back-and-forth changes in fiscal and monetary policy. Foreign currency was often banned to mitigate the challenge of foreign currency shortages. However, this decision would then get reversed due to the instability of local currency. Which we all know has been devaluing. So by the time you sell and by the time they give you your money, that money will be valueless. So then now you got to go and buy things like fertilizer and fertilizer has been charged in US dollars only, not in RTGS. Now you have to go and look for RTGS in the streets. And by the time you're looking for those US dollars in the streets, the rate is very high as well, so it's, it's, it's a circus, I'll not lie. Yeah. The currency crisis in Zimbabwe doesn't only affect entrepreneurs so drastically. Nobody can escape its impact. And also the cost of living crisis is a huge thing because uh, Zimbabwe is using United States dollars, they're not using the local currency, and uh, it's so expensive and... Uh, for those that are political, people with political connections, they can get those US dollars easily. But the average Zimbabwean who earns, so if you're on the bottom of the pyramid, you earn in RTGS, then yeah, so it's really bad for uh, a lot of the people. If nobody is willing to accept RTGS and if US dollars are scarce, how might a woman in the village feed her family? How might she and her family have access to other basic necessities like water and healthcare? The currency crisis is at the center of the country's economic strife. Hyperinflation, shortages in foreign currency, and a quickly devaluing sovereign currency has left many Zimbabweans between a rock and a hard place. This is Leona again. 
I think one thing you notice when you get to Zimbabwe is that there is a lot of money in Zimbabwe. You, you, you see people driving top-of-the-range cars, just a few individuals. And then the rest of the people are hustling, like selling these small items on the streets, just trying to make ends meet. Uh, some people are hustling to go to work, but most of their money, uh, they earn very little. So they're just using that money for commuting and, you know, they're just barely making ends meet. So I'll say um, before the statistic was 70 uh, percent are living in poverty, uh, you know, like um, so. The world, I mean, the inequality in Zimbabwe is growing. So when the economy is growing, all that growth is uh, being absorbed by the richest and they're getting richer and uh, things are not necessarily changing for the poorest. And since Zimbabwe's economy collapsed like a decade ago, I mean, it's trying to recover. Uh, those that were hard hit, those that were uh, hit the most have not, you know, really survived except for a few cases where some people are entrepreneurial somehow they get a market and yeah but the majority of people are really not thriving it's barely making ends meet while economic recovery spells good fortune for some it drives the gap between the richest and the poorest even larger while a select few will be able to acquire the latest shiniest mercedes on the market the majority will be left in an even worse situation. What kind of person, what kind of character strengths are needed to survive in such a challenging environment? Here's Tendai again. It takes a lot of courage, positivity especially. I know everything that I've mentioned here is just negative things, but then there's, there's also a positive side to it because as you continue tackling these challenges, it becomes easier because you now you know what to do and how to overcome these challenges. And when you reach that point, it becomes an addiction. Like you just want to keep trying and trying again. You know, money is hard to come by. Jobs are hard to come by. You know, no one has got the time to think of passion anymore. No one has got the time to think of satisfying certain needs for the people anymore. It's all about how can I survive and to survive, I need money. It is true that people are struggling, and it is a matter of survival. But not all people have done away with passion. Don't be fooled by her petite stature and youthful smile. Valentine Shorty is a firecracker. She won't be blending in at the back of any room. She wears bright and bold shades of yellow, reds and blues to make herself known and stand out. Business is not for the faint-hearted. It requires you to be determined, to be bold, to be brave, to never stop in at anything. If you think this sounds like an inspirational quote on a fridge magnet or a bookmark, easy to agree with but harder to follow, then Valentine has got a story for you. I was born in Narare, um, and then uh, it, it was quite sad because my my parents had an early, early, early divorce. So they divorced when I was young. 
So there was my brother and I, and then they also they also had different uh, different uh, new families. Uh, I was nearly nearly nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I lost both my both of my parents. That's when I started uh, looking after my my two sisters. Um, that's when I started leading a child-headed family. I was a leader then because of circumstances. The, my parents were no longer there. So I had to take up responsibility uh, of being a parent and uh, looking after my sisters. But then when I, when I started uh, being the parent, things got hard, you know. I never knew that parents they 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 sacrifice a lot until I was forced to be one through my sisters. So at all level, I just decided that ah, I should stop. Bustling with opportunity and hope. The nearby capital city of Harare's picture-perfect purple jacaranda-lined avenues couldn't chase away Valentine's misfortune. Its bright lights dimmed when Valentine found herself head of her household at the ripe old age of 12. She quit school in order to take care of her younger sisters she put all of her hopes and aspirations on hold to ensure that her sisters were taken care of. Valentine took care of her chronically ill grandmother who is blind, arthritic and diabetic. You get to discover things, you know. Some situations they 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 push you, they 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 poke and uh, provoke the giant that you don't even know sometimes exists in you, until you're cornered. So, I started to 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 rediscover what I was made up of. Uh, rediscover what giants do I possess that were provoked by my, my tough situations that I had to go through uh, since I was 12. So my grandmother needed medication for, for her high blood pressure and all the ailments that I just mentioned. And constantly she was always sick and she was, she was ailing and she was in pain. Most of the times I would take her to the hospital, which meant that uh, the bills were piling up on me, hospital bills, and then fees for my sisters, renting, you know. Uh, I've always been renting before. So renting as well, and then looking after myself as well. I, I was just a child with just, you know, with just, what can I put it, with a lot, with a lot of things to, 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 to look up after and a lot of people and, look, and a lot of things to, to take care of. Faced with illness, hardship and a responsibility beyond her years, 
Valentine was desperate to find a way to make life just a little bit easier for those around her. You know, I had dreams of becoming a production pharmacist. I wanted to be a, a researcher. I wanted to, 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 to help other people by researching on our natural resources, our natural plants, how, you know, how we can benefit from them. I wanted to, to advance that. Yeah, by being a pharmacist, a production pharmacist, uh, making different drugs. So Valentine didn't become a pharmacist. At least not in the way she intended. But something did come from all her research efforts. So I started thinking, you know, I was desperately trying to discover secrets within our African and traditional context which can be used to, 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 to help here. So I started reading, you know, as I said, I, I, I'm much into research. I, I love uh, reading or, or, or discovering about things. I started reading about herbal medicine. I started reading how um, our forefathers, how people used to eat and there was no hospital. They were just focusing on diet long ago before before the world developed and evolved into what we are right now. A very concrete and immediate problem she had to solve was that her grandmother was struggling with all the herbs and medicines she needed to eat for her health. How could Valentine make the bitter herbs palatable? One day, while she was doing her research, inspiration suddenly struck. like a match being lit in a dark room. Peanut butter. Valentine discovered a way to incorporate herbs into her grandmother's diet. She makes traditional herbs with peanut butter. Whether it was the ancestors guiding her, a tale of fiction, or the involvement of fairy godmothers, the idea did not simply help her grandmother swallow her medicine. In fact, at just 14 years old, Valentine was able to change the trajectory of her and her family's lives. So people want something that is delicious, my grandmother included. So every time that she refused, every time that she refused, it pushed me to think, so what can I invent? How can I improve the taste of these things, the smells of these things? That's when I thought about peanut butter. For more than 500 or 1,000, 2,000 years, peanut butter... In our African context, he is known to be just nuts, nothing else, no flavor, no value addition, no invention. It was just pure, just uh, simple, ordinary peanut butter. But when I looked at my grandmother's hair condition, it pained me to see her in pain, and yet there's something which could, which could help her. I later discovered that I could make a variety. So instead of giving my grandmother just ginger, just garlic in her diet, I started giving her garlic peanut butter, sometimes with a mint flavor, uh, ginger peanut butter, moringa, andoran, all those uh, things that I wanted her to take. I started playing around them until... My invention not only helped my grandmother, it moved beyond here to the community. Valentine's idea was very well received 
and her dream of being a production pharmacist was achieved on her own terms and in her own way. She gained recognition from the biggest newspaper in the country, The Herald. The Herald published her story and she became renowned for inventing herbal and flavored peanut butter in the country. Her community endearingly named her My Dovi or Miss Peanut Butter. <laughs> Life was on the up for Valentine and her family, but a spread in the Herald and a new nickname was only the beginning. Valentine also received international recognition when she was flown to the United Arab Emirates for her invention. excited and I feel so humbled. You know, you never forget where you come from. So that humbles you to say, ah, oh, am I this person who is here? Like when I went to UAE, I was like a child with a new toy. I was looking at buildings, running in the desert, you know, those camels, all those, the Beach Khalifa, meeting Arabs, you know. It just makes me feel that God is there. God can change any situation. You know, you might be a, a, a nobody. You might come from the village, but you are not the village. You might come from a broken uh, background, but it shouldn't break you because you are bigger than that. If I was able to, to go to UAE straight from the village in the morning, going to, to, to the airport, uh, the village where I was coming from had not even electricity and I was coming to the most advanced uh, country in the world. You know, Dubai, everything is just advanced. You see cars, you see buildings, you see, you know, all the, the desert, the biggest uh, aquarium in the world, all those things. Just seeing that it makes me realize that, you know what, an African child has got potential. If my daughter, if Valentine was able to, to, to go to Dubai just with peanut butter, maybe you can just go to America with just selling eggs. Fairy tale storylines like the one describing Valentine's life isn't the norm. Yes, she embodies the idea of the African dream the hustler who made it in spite of the odds. But for every Valentine, there are many who try just as hard, but with less success. And aside from the inspiring words, Valentine isn't blind to this. In a spirit of giving back, my Dovi, or Miss Peanut Butter, has become a philanthropist. For example, myself, I, I mentioned how uh, after, you remember after my, my parents' divorces, we, we we were staying in extended families. Most of the times we were going to school without eating anything, without a lunchbox. So fast forward right now, after, after I've started business, I looked back at that time to say, if I couldn't go to school with, if I, 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 I didn't manage to go to school with a lunchbox, I was an extended family, my parents had divorced, Sometimes I would stay with my extended family members who were single parents. So after I looked that, at, at that, I said for every injustice that was done to me, 
I need to correct and bring a solution. So of late this year, I had started a feeding program with my peanut butter, uh, which, which is called uh, aguta. Uh, it's, a, it's a Shona translation, which means uh, fed. So I wanted to make sure that every child is fed and uh, I wanted to make sure that we fight hunger. The peanut butter that I manufacture is also the peanut butter that I go to rural schools, prepare meals, prepare porridge, and say every child, no matter you are staying with a single parent, you're, you, you are an orphan, uh, no matter things are hard at home or you've got parents at home, but things are hard, you didn't eat in the morning. My Dove prepares a meal for everyone free of charge. So that's what I was doing to correct what I went through back then when I was a child. We fight poverty and malnutrition, in, not only in Zimbabwe, but in Africa. Entrepreneurs like Valentine are able to make a difference on the ground for the people who need it most. Her business is investing in the next generation of entrepreneurs who will work toward uplifting themselves and their communities in this complicated society. For Leona, the takeaway isn't that fairy tales come true or another simple poster message like that. It's, it's a little more complicated. One thing listeners can take away is that it's okay to be optimistic in this world, like as it is right now, because um, uh, unfortunately we react more to negative situations as humans. But the unfortunate thing is that positive change doesn't get noticed because it takes a longer time. But negative events usually just happen just like that and it weighs on us. So I think realistic optimism is like uh, one of the principles that I like that's my perspective that's like one of the worldviews that I have like I go out in the world with optimism that's realistic like I acknowledge the problems I know we're up against a lot but then I think we can still do it Realistic optimism the needle in the haystack the hustle requires hope the hustler endures challenge upon challenge and it inspires endurance in spite of everything else. Everybody has got their own ideas of what Africa is, whether it is a land of opportunity, a vast continent filled with problems, or the place you call home. Africa is an enigma. It is the cradle of humankind. It hosts 54 countries, covers 30 million square kilometers, and has over 2,000 recognized languages. So, how could anybody reduce such a glorious giant to just one headline? We can't. But in this series, we're going to dip into the different stories from across Africa and try to make sense of how the youth of Africa, half the youth of the world, hustle to make a living and a future for themselves and the world. My name is Sylvia A., and you are listening to Hustling the African Dream. This podcast was produced by Telltale Media and the Human Sciences Research Council in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. For more awesome content like this, please hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts and you'll be notified whenever new episodes are released. Lastly, if you're enjoying this series, leave us a rating or review. We'd love to hear from you. Next time on Hustling the African Dream. 
land use and land ownership is dominated by masculinity. I think the issue of land is the first issue for me. It's um, it's male dominated. It's white dominated. Definitely. Um, and honestly, you know, as a young black woman, you are always told that there are a lot of opportunities for you in this industry, but most of us don't see them. I'm not sure what is the crux of all the, 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 the gender dynamic, but I do think that it goes back to the past, where the systems that the forebearers or ancestors laid are very much present. This episode contains clips or references from the following sources. CNA News, John Dickerson, CBS News, Yoon Young Min, Arirang News, Nate Burleson, CBS News, Elon Musk, 2022 All-In Summit. Please take a look at the show notes for more details.